0: Hey there and welcome to the Agency Rockstars Podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadgen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it.
1: All right, rock stars, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dan, and I am joined on stage today by another rock star with a heck of a story. I am excited to dive in uh, to this guy's story. His name is Craig Handley, he is the CEO. Of an agency called Listen Trust. Uh, Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I I can't wait to hear your story. I was looking up a little bit of information. Um, We've got a couple of mutual connections, as the business world seems to always have, but it looks like you've got a heck of a story going from uh, Army Reserves to selling insurance on the streets to uh, being a CEO of a thing called Revenue Enhancement, which you know, twenty years ago, people weren't talking about RevOps, but now today they are. But now you're you're CEO of Listen Trust. Um, tell me a little bit about how you became this this CEO agency owner type person. How did you get to this part of your journey?
2: Kept getting fired over and over again. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you know, most entrepreneurs do get fired a lot because they think they're smarter than the boss, yeah. and most of the time they probably are. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, you become an entrepreneur because nobody wants you to work for them. But I um I was an entrepreneur and I was writing phone scripts in call centers. After the insurance thing, I was working in the insurance business and I started to do some bigger deals. Like I tried to open the state of New Hampshire, which I eventually was successful at opening. But I, I had left the company by then and given it all to a buddy of mine, who uh, who went in. But it just you know you start working with the different unions and things like that to get payroll slots and. It just went on for over a year and I just ran out of money. So I ended up in a call center. Next thing you know, I'm taking phone calls and uh, I was better than most people because of the door-to-door selling years that I had. And um, and I just started writing phone scripts and I became one of the top copywriters on the planet, you know, getting $30,000 for a phone script.
1: Hmm.
2: And um, I came up with this little solution to call center traffic where I was able to look at digital or look at all the data and realize that 30% of callers that call in end up in an FAQ situation where they ask a question. And even though people focused on phone scripts with FAQs, they'd never really focused on the answers. They just would jot down, oh, the product's got this, this, and this in it. Or, you know, what's the ship cost? or, And people would just answer the questions and they'd go, okay, with an uptone. They didn't write closing questions. They didn't, and what we looked at in the data is we realized that of the people that went into an FAQ, thirty percent of them after that okay would hang up mm-hmm. because it just felt natural. You know, it was what you do. Yeah, I kind of had this this intuition because when I used to sell insurance, they teach you to put your back against the door, put your head down and wipe your feet, and when you put your head down and wipe your feet, people back up like this. It's like they welcome you into their homes. So I had all these subliminal, you know, things that I had been learning how to do. And I realized that if 30% were hanging up, some percentage were calling back into order after they hung up. And it turned out that it was like 40% of the people that hang up hmm. would call back in in order because they didn't really want to hang up, but it felt like the right thing to do. So I went to call, I went to like, um, yeah, I went to six call centers in a row and I rewrote their FAQs for 50 grand for each of them. Mm-hmm. And um, all I did in the FAQs was put, so did you need more information? Or did you want to go ahead and make your purchase now? And <laughs> if they wanted more information, they push like F8 and go back into the script. But I eliminated those 30% of the hangups and the 40% of the callbacks. And So I charged $50,000 to do this for each center, went to six centers, made those changes, had 300 grand, and I used that money to build my own call center you know, um, and I started with 20 seats and and it almost still wasn't enough, you know, money. Um, but I managed to figure it out and then went on to build Listen Trust, which today has around 800 employees. You know, we do 150 million in sales and for our clients. Uh, we invoice around, you know, 13 to 14 million and do a pretty good, pretty good profit based in that business. And, you know, and uh, it's been an adventure for 15 years. So yeah. I got through, you know, got into this kind of by by chance. Today, I'm actually trying to sell that business and I'm focused on being a marketer and being a musician, of all things.
1: No kidding. Get out of the business and into the, the
2: business of music, huh? Everything in life uh, can be improved with a good business background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So- So so now your folks work, and I love how you describe this in in LinkedIn, um, the ability to make an authentic connection with people in a fast and seamless manner. So you work with clients to run their phone centers. So you've got the employees that do that for them. Is that how I read that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We've got employees who do lead gen. um, We do customer service. We do sales. And my philosophy was always a little different. A lot of call centers, when you call to order, you probably have this experience yourself. When you call the order, they say, what's your name? What's your address? What's your email? What's your credit card number? It's very impersonal because you can't go backwards in building trust. Yeah. And so my philosophy was always to personalize and disarm in the greeting by saying, "You know, hey, Dan, how's it going? Just wanted to uh, connect with you a little bit. Now, I see you're calling us from Michigan. you a Bears fan?
1: <laughs> yeah, right on.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm a Patriots fan. So we're probably not going to like each other very much, but hopefully I do a good job on the phone for you. And I make them laugh, right? They've proven laughter is a hinge that creates a three to 5% increase in conversion. Right. And so I, I go through this little 30 second process of connecting. Now I've built some trust with you. And I assume you call to order the product or promotion today, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah.
2: But maybe I've got a few questions. I got a couple questions first. Fire away, Dan. I'm your, I'm your guy. Let me, uh, then I'm a walk and talk in brochure let's kick this off what can I help you with and so I just you know I just wrote these sales scripts that were different from what a lot of people were doing And all of this little hinges swing big doors philosophy I, um i was really successful at it and so as a result our call center grew by seven thousand percent year over year we meeting 500 fastest growing private company in America we were literally number one in the business products and services category yeah. number 27 on the entire list so we were Doing pretty good as far as growth goes, and and it's been great, you know, for 15 years. But I I've I realize now that I'm less operational and I'm more marketing, mm. and so I brought in an operations team, and the call center runs really well without me. You know, I mm. do a couple of calls every week, but and uh, I find that I really can add a lot of value by being a marketer and helping people with their marketing, and of course uh, being creative with that musical brain. Is always helpful as well. So I, I write yeah. a lot of records, do a lot of different things. So
1: that's awesome. Um, so what uh, I, I want to talk about music here in a minute because I'm very very curious about that. But um, you, you talked a little bit about how how you've helped your clients and and why it works so well. How do you find those right people and scale the business uh, on the back end? Like how do you make those fits?
2: A lot of it's culture and core values. Early on, you know, I I was was fortunate enough to be friends with Tony Shea from Zappos and mm-hmm. watch how he ran his business with culture and core values. Um, I met with Richard Branson. I went to Necker, spent the week on Necker with Branson, talked about culture and core values. And I, I just ran across the paths, uh, you know, Paul DeGiorgio, who does Patron Tequila and does the, uh, the, the, the hair, the hair products, you know, and I just, I've met a lot of people who believe in culture core value and giving back. And so early on, I developed a great culture within our company. And I started to hire for core values more than talent. Mm. So we had a series of questions that we'd ask people that were basically crazy questions, to see how they fit within our crazy culture. You know, Mm. do they embrace change? Or do they fear change? Or, and and we put a lot of uh, expectation, on our employees to practice and to be good at what they do. And so we, um, Make sure we hire people for core values first, skill level second, put them through some good training. My call center, my business is crazy enough. The book I'm a best-selling author too. I wrote a book called Hired to Quit. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wrote the book is because what we do before we train them on their phone skills and sales skills and product skills, I train them on how to quit. I train them on how to go live their own dream and their own passion. So part of our training program is being – is you sit people down and you talk to them about what they wish their side hustle was. Hmm. Then you show them how to make their side hustle a little bit of an income stream. And then eventually the call center job is part-time and their side hustle is their full-time job. Hmm. And then eventually they're able to leave the call center and just really live their passion. And so um, that's how crazy our business is. So from a hiring standpoint, you got to find people that aren't afraid to dream, that aren't afraid to go after the things they want. And it's really less difficult than you think it is. People just need somebody to believe in them. And yeah. so by believing in people, we tend to get the cream of the crop. You know, and we have about a 24% turnover year over year, but really 20% of that is people we ask to leave because they're not, they're not fitting in with our cultural core values. Gotcha. They're not trying to quit. So they're not going through the practice sessions we want them to go through and the different things that, that we expect of our employees. Hmm. So um we have a pretty good group of people and they work hard. So. Yeah.
1: so that, that answered my question. And like your turnover, 24%, most of them you're asking to leave. So the ones that you're teaching to quit and you're showing them how to have their side hustle, they're finding fulfillment in that, but still working for you and kicking ass on what they're doing.
2: Yeah. The other four to 5% of the ones that go out and open a restaurant, we had a lawyer work for us. I taught him how to do a podcast and he interviewed other lawyers and he asked every lawyer on his podcast, "What, where's the hole in the legal environment here in you know, city, state? And after four months, he went and hung out his own shingle, hired his own staff. And every lawyer he interviewed and created a relationship with through the podcast referred the whole, you know, that business got referred to him. And he had a thriving law practice within six months. Wow. Man, but I'm that's like, awesome. I don't believe anything should take two to three years to build. It should it either is going to work or it's not going to work. And and there's ways to shortcut everything in life if you just creative enough. Yeah.
1: Uh, so speaking of creative, tell me a little bit about your music. We'll get to a couple of other questions here in a minute, but I want to know about your music, Craig. Oh, what do you What do you What are you doing? What do you write? How, what's your
0: style?
2: Write a lot of pop, a lot of rap, some country. You know, um, I can sing and rap myself. So I really got into you know I've always written music, and uh, I had an album I kind of worked on and put out in 2014, I think. Yeah, somewhere around there. 2010, I don't know. Time goes by. so I'm fast. <laughs> um, and I actually opened for Coolio at one point, like on a big 15,000 people in the audience and the same stage, Guns and Roses and the Beatles played on the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Good times, you know, have fun doing it and uh, always written music. But throughout my marketing time, I started to write jingles. And as an affiliate, for example, my jingles would convert like crazy. So if someone liked it, I got this kind of digital mindset where if someone liked, shared, or commented on a video, we'd offer some promotion, save 20% at xyz.com to try out our dog food, you know, and uh, the videos became they kind of went viral. They got shared, they got talked about, you know, and so when you buy media to just drive traffic to a video. If you have a team, like a call center team that can follow up digitally behind the content, you could sell a lot of stuff. So I started writing all these jingles and doing really well in creating revenue for the jingles, um, and I just, you know, I, my COO came into my office and he makes three hundred thousand a year and he goes, "I quit. I'm buying a golf course." He goes, well, "You should quit too because your passion's music and marketing." And uh, and so I started writing pop records again. And right now I've got some really good records that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you heard on the radio being sung by Demi Lovato or Chain Smokers, or I mean, I've got some really good records that um everybody has told me they're amazing. Yeah. And I've got more than one. You know, I've got 10 or 15 of these records that and I've got over hundred records that I've written, but I know I've got I've got ten or fifteen hits. Yeah. And uh, and you need to have a catalog, you know, of a hundred records to have ten or fifteen hits. So uh pretty excited as to see that path. You know, kinda and it and it's interesting because a lot of people look at me like if I told you I was a basketball player, you know, but um but I'm, you know but I'm six feet tall and I'm overweight, then uh you'd be like, Yeah, sure you are, right? <laughs> right. But when I get on the basketball court, I'm pretty darn good. So um That's funny same, same way with music. Like I'll play a record for you and you're like, You wrote this? <laughs> you know, you wrote this record? Oh, Wow. And I get that reaction all the time, which is a That's great reaction to get.
1: I love that. So now you have to go shop those around to the performers and sell
2: them? Well, again, I'll go to my hacking mindset. I was going to do some sync work with movie directors, and I see all these agencies offering to get your music in front of record executives, in front of movie directors and stuff. And they charge 40%, and they want some owners of your master. And I'm like, this is stupid. So I got on LinkedIn and just reached out to directors directly, and I said, I just wrote a record, and I said, I have a question. Why wouldn't you put your own music in your movies or your TV shows? And the directors would say, well, I'm a director, not a musician. And I so I wrote this record right here that would be good for your TV series. And uh, and it just so happens that if you have a conversation with me about the lyrics, and I need to change a few of them up to be a better fit with what you're directing, I said, I'm willing to give up 20% of my royalty and, and master." on this record, if you'll put it in your movie. And therefore, when you win your Oscar or your Emmy, you could also have a chance at your Grammy. Nothing like a triple, you know, nothing like getting all three, right? <laughs> no kidding. So far, I haven't had any directors say that it was a shitty idea. They're all like, they're all very receptive to the concept of, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, why wouldn't I give up 20% as opposed to 50%? Stupid.
1: Yeah, no kidding. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, you got a heck of a, ha- a hacker mind,
2: Craig. I love that. I gave 10 dancers with over a million followers each. Five, right. uh two percent each. So they can go up on stage and win the Grammy with me, you know, as a dancer because they're just artists. But they all right. have, I mean, there's there's between them, there's over 10 million fans and followers, and they're gonna promote the record a minimum of 20 times each. And so, and so that's you know, for me, I should have a hit record.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've got, I've got one one last question for you, just a minute here, but I want to make sure those listening that are that are enthralled by your story and what you're doing and want to connect um can do so. Where do you send people to learn more about you, Craig?
2: I'm like Craig Handley on all social media. Um I better Craig at dot com or Craig at Listentrust.com. I'm pretty like I said, I try to be easy to find. I think if you Google me, even my cell phone is on the on the internet. I don't, you know, I think I'm pretty easy to find.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So Craig, here we go. You you seem very hacker mind, very out of the box, extraordinary, uh, counterintuitive kind of a guy. So I'm looking forward to this one. Is there anything over the years advice that you've heard or doled out that seems counterintuitive, but really has a major impact on business when people embrace it?
2: Something that I really got into lately is talking about the difference between a millionaire mindset and a billionaire mindset. Hmm. And a millionaire mindset oftentimes acts and looks like somebody that wants to help you. But many times there's a hidden agenda where they want to know what's in it for me. The billionaire mindset is one who practices faith, not religion. And they understand that whether it's aliens, the universe, God, Buddha, you know, whatever it is, the matrix, whatever. (laughs) A billionaire mindset is somebody who goes out and helps people for the sake of helping people. And they have no ulterior mindset. What they do know is that with faith, that as long as you're pushing positive energy out to the world, that you will be abundant, regardless of whether you try to be or not, because you're practicing with faith and giving with positive integrity, positive goodness, and with with the sole purpose of helping somebody else without any expectation of getting something in return. That's a billionaire mindset, and I feel like I feel like anybody who practices a billionaire mindset is going to be more abundant than if they try to focus on money. Hmm. And it's a little bit counterintuitive because sometimes you end up working for nothing. But I can tell you that five years ago, I had a contact with Joe Blow, who seemed like a nobody. And he had this idea and I gave him some help and some connections to help him pursue his idea. And today he's a millionaire. You know, and I've got a phone book in my cell phone of, of ten or twenty people that when I worked with them or took the time to share, you know, my knowledge with them, they were nobodies, and they took my knowledge and turned it into something. And today I'm one of, you know, ten people who they'll pick up the phone for no matter what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so I just young people especially young entrepreneurs, if you're hanging out with the right group of people, people who that you know, push you and motivate you, put them in your phone, and treat them as if they are millionaires because guess what one in five of them probably will be. And, and you don't know which one. Yeah. So be nice to all five of them. Yep. And that's what happens. You know, I'm getting older. And as I look through my phone today, the people I've met 20 years ago who were just brand new. I mean, I remember this kid, this kid, Mark won't use his last name to protect him, but he showed up for an event and he was the, it, it was a, it was, it was a uh, driving, um, driving down through mexico in the baja 500 and these are you know 150 thousand dollar cars with shocks that you know seven foot shock span mm. to go up and down some of these rocks and some of these things that you're that you're driving around and this kid shows up in a suit and tie you know 19 year old kid showing up for this event we're all like in jeans and yeah you know, I mean, because we're driving he shows up to impress and you know kind of made fun of the kid a little bit but became good friends with him Finally got him to take his tie off on about day three <laughs> of, the, of this seven day trip, you know? And uh, but today the kid owns a ton of real estate. He builds these amazing houses with self-enclosed gyms and pools and mini golf courses, and, you know, and and uh and he's also sold bought and sold a whole RV company. He just raised a you know a billion dollars for a new business venture. it's probably twenty-six now, maybe I don't know, time goes by so fast, but He's one of those young people that I spent a lot of time with and talked to and thought, yeah, maybe, you know, but you look at him today and, and people would die to have them in their phones. You know, it's like it would be like having Paul McCartney's number if you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> you're right. like, oh, you know, so and so. Yeah. I, I knew him when he was a kid. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. So, yeah. And, and as an entrepreneur, I have a lot of that. It's I talked to some musicians today. Like one guy tells me he grew up skateboarding with Eddie Vedder from Program. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, if you're in Seattle, we'll go out to dinner with Eddie." And, and I, I have a lot of entrepreneurial relationships that are like that today, where I grew up with these people building their businesses.
1: Yeah, such a, a, a generous, abundant attitude. I love that. Great stuff, Craig.
2: Yeah, um, and it and it makes me happy, and it makes me wealthy and stress free, and I mean, you know, and it lives it, it sides with my passions, and it's the way everybody should live. It just yeah. takes courage, faith. I, get, I talk about it all the time. People practice religion, but they they refuse to live with faith. Hmm. If you want to be religious, do what you love, help other people, and stop counting your money. Just you know, I know everybody's going to pay bills, but if you just have faith, you know, you'll probably be fine.
1: Yeah, I like that. Excellent, Craig. This has been an absolute pleasure having you on Agency Rockstars. Thank you for your time today, listeners. Go check out uh, Craig's social media. Uh, I appreciate it, my friend.
0: Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars Podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com podcast apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.